0: Daily Sports Talk Show, Nijuana's Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're having a great start to the week. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. This is is Now, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching in SWX Montana Television, or maybe you are streaming in on the new ESPN Montana app. No matter how you are here, we appreciate you being here. Riley Corker's on his way. He had, uh, you know... Some real work to take care of. I mean, this is just fun times hangouts with your buddies over here at ESPN Radio. But he was uh, taking care of some stuff with uh, head coach Bobby Houck. It's a bye week, so I think Coach Houck wanted to get his media done early. No media besides for the in-house guys. No press conference today on the University of Montana because the Grizz are on a bye week. So we'll get things started off with that. Montana, another win. It wasn't pretty, but they got it done on the road against Idaho State 28-20. to the Grizzlies head into the bye week, basically a perfect midway mark for the Grizz football season, and uh, they're 5-0 and uh, ranked in the top three in the country. Montana State, a statement win over UC Davis. I think that was probably the nail in the coffin for the Aggies uh, only halfway through the year, and their playoff uh, hopes probably thwarted. And uh, if I guess here's what i say about UC Davis. They're going to have to win out if they want to get into the FCS playoffs. But they have a couple games on their schedule that would be big wins if they could get it done, but that did not happen on Saturday. Instead, Sean Chambers took center stage for Montana State and what a performance by the junior quarterback, former transfer from Wyoming. He absolutely blew the lid off of it. 430 yards uh, of total offense, two passing touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns, national player of the week, at Montana State a convincing 41-24 victory over UC Davis under the lights at Bobcat Stadium. Uh, Quite a win for Montana State, and they have probably the two most quality wins thus far in Big Sky Conference play uh, under their belts, and they sit at 2-0 atop the league standings with the Montana Grizzlies. So as we always, uh, I don't know, as we always... Project and prognosticate, but also sometimes uh, hope for a collision course. At least that's what it looks like for both Montana and Montana State as we get into the heart of the October schedule. So we'll do all that in the Montana Football Hour here right off the top. We'll also take you through some of the top high school scores from uh, the week that was. Sentinel coming off their first loss of the year and their first loss since 2019. They got back on the horse and uh, just rolled up Kalispell Flathead. That was one of many uh, interesting and intriguing results from around the high school football world in the state of Montana from over the weekend. So we get to that uh, uh, in the Montana Football Hour as well. And hour number two, the main man, Marty Mornoway. He will join us, uh, Coach Marty, 26 years in the NFL as an offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach and now diving into the college world as well as the color commentator on the Grizz football broadcasts on television. So happy to have Coach Marty for all of his insight and expertise he'll join us for all of our number two to talk all things NFL also talk some Grizz and give you a a chance for not even just one free car wash several free car washes we got a $50 gift card for you from Dazzler's Car Wash coming up so stay tuned uh, for that as part of the Monday afternoon quarterback with coach Marty so you got your show outlook it's presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team the Wahlberg team are the official realtors of Grizz Athletics Any and all real estate questions you might have in Western Montana, give Brent and his team a call today. You want to stream the show? You always can. ESPN MT app, as well as the station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live, you'll find the stream. If you want to be a part of the show, you want to win some car washes, or you just want to get involved, you want to... Uh, Give us some questions, comments, concerns, anything like that. Call us or text us, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. All guests will join us via the Rankage Brothers uh, RV phone line. It was a, uh, I I watched the Grizz game from here uh, in Missoula. Was able to watch uh, about the first Two and a half quarters before I hit the highway to go over to Bozeman. Andrew Houghton, our producer in the back, also contributing writer at Skyline Sports. He was in Pocatello for the Grizz football game. And uh, I went and covered the cat game. Didn't kick till 825. I almost had a heart attack when they told me a rumor that it was maybe going to move to uh, 10 o'clock. It's funny because I I'm a night owl at least I used to be and then all of a sudden I made a whole bunch of life and health changes and uh, <laughs> now I now I'm a sleepy boy but I didn't get in the bed until 3:45 uh, a.m. so that's a new record I'm only telling you for the the uh, the record setting of it all not even necessarily to complain uh, because you know it's only six, six, seven, eight, ten Saturdays a year and. Uh, Very, very uh, interesting evening in Bozeman. Late night of work, but that's all to say. Happy to be back with you. Happy to be on our first bye week. Happy to finally be getting some clarity when it comes to the Big Sky Conference. Now we have a couple uh, games under our belts. And uh, happy to be with you here on ESPN Radio. This guy, rolling in. What's up, my man? How you doing? I'm doing great. How was
1: uh, Robert Lawrence the third today? He was doing great. He, his team is on a bye week. Yep. They are 5-0. and oh. We were yep. doing a nice promotional shoot for Can the Cats Food Drive, which oh, nice. we all love. 23rd yep. year it's going into. So we did a little shoot on the field today, and uh, he wanted to remind me. He goes, Riley, how many FCS teams out there are 5-0? and oh? a, a legitimate question. I said, Three. Yep. Montana, Delaware, and Holy Cross. So, That's right. Mr. Hauk was in a good wow. mood. They're all about ready to uh, embark on a recruiting weekend, as we know. It's not just an off week for college coaches that uh, they'll be out there, too. So, a ton to unpack. Great job on the show, Outlook. You got me ready to go. I listened <laughs> on my go. my way in here, and I did my best Coulter Nuanez impression of coming in hot, multitasking <laughs> on a Monday. Here we go. Let's go. Riley Corgan, voice of the
0: Grizz, in studio with me, Coulter Nuanez. This is Nuanez Now. Let's dive into the Montana football hour. Montana Football Hour is presented in part by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference. As a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana, Stockman Bank is committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means for you is that your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends, your neighbors. couple pieces to get to before we talk about these uh, football games, Riley. First of all,
1: how's Pocatello? It was incredible. Let me, let me tell you. It was great. No, I. what I will say is the improvements that they have made to Holt Arena. That's what I was kind of getting at, yeah. They, they, they were nice. And what they have for there's the... There's a little bit more light in there, it looks like. There's going to be even more light okay. down the road. The, the one side they made improvements on... Of course not the press box side. Of course, oh, of course you know not. That's so the last. The press box hasn't been improved. Uh, so we were right next to Neil, the famous third down guy at Idaho oh, yeah. State. So Andrew knows what that's all about. But, no, it was a fun trip down there. And as we're going to get into bizarre things happen in that arena. Five, The last five times the Grizz have went down there, four of the five games have been one-possession games. I believe it. I, it's, it's, it. There's some things that just can't be explained. And the way the ball bounces in Holt Arena – little bit of a dead atmosphere all of those things i think were contributing factors into the 28 win for montana
0: there is a lot of different ways to uh struggle to find the win column idaho state <laughs> has made such a habit of 28-13 or 28 to 20 i can't tell you how many times they've lost by that the exact score it's not like they're that, that's what's so interesting about them and i think it proves what an art learning how to win and, and having a winning culture is because Idaho State, for all of their struggles over the last 15 to 20 years, have almost, almost, uh, rarely, if never, been getting completely blown out. They've been in games. We're going to get to that in just a minute. Speaking of uh, losses, though, I gotta rub it, I gotta, I gotta, uh, poke you a little bit. The winless Raiders, oh, I, you know, here's the, here's the deal, though. Here's the deal this is why the NFL is crazy. The Raiders. I think are a middle of the NFL team. I think they're somewhere in like the 12th to 18th best team in the league. But they're certainly like their playoff aspirations, despite an 0-3 start, are as real as the Broncos, as real as the Chargers. I think we're still figuring out who's the second best team in the AFC West.
1: I think so too. And and when you talk about desperation in the NFL and picking your spots, that's why it's so much fun. Where as you look at spots more than anything, go to Kansas City last week. They're playing the Colts. Colts needed that win so badly. Are the Chiefs going to beat them 9 out of 10 times? Yes, they are. And so each week is its own kind of storyline and narrative. I'm going to say this for maybe all the Bronco fans out there, for everybody that wants to go after the Broncos week in and week out, is I'm taking a maybe eight-game body of work approach to this where they are clearly trying to figure it out from a system standpoint of meshing Hackett with Russell Wilson. For sure. And it's easy to go after him week in, week out. I'm just going to say, how are they after eight games? And if they're on the right track or improving, great. If they're not, then maybe they are going to have real issues frustrating loss, but maybe not as unexpected as I thought.
0: Well, and uh, you have nothing to complain about as a sports fan because the Dodgers have won, what, 140 games? I mean, they're like 100 <laughs> games over 500.
1: This is funny because I've got a couple Rocky buddies. You know them both with Nick Hallisey and Greg Rockach. For sure. Text me yesterday and go, how's it feel to lose to the Rockies? And I responded, well, I stopped paying attention once they clinched the NL West about 20 games ago. I was going to so. say, I
0: mean, when you got 110 wins, I mean, for real though, what do they have? They're closing in on 110, right?
1: They are at 110. What's with the all-time record? 116. They've already set a franchise record, going for the National League record, these next three. So it's been fun, but I know we haven't talked about it much. It'll be a topic on your show. MLB playoffs start this Friday with the new wildcard format. Yeah. But next, uh, everybody gets going next Tuesday. So it'll be fun. October is an underrated best month of the year. I'd say March is probably first. October, maybe 2nd, as far as just on the sports calendar, football, rolling, MLB playoffs. It'll be fun to start talking
0: about more, too. If you heard the crash in the back, it's the Grizz Hockey poster. Grizz Hockey's back, too. <laughs> yeah, we had uh, they are. our debut game on Friday night, so that was uh, fun. We'll have another one for you coming up on uh, Friday as well. Okay, let's dive into it. It's Montana Football Hour uh, here on is Now ESPN Radio. It's presented in part by the Advocates. The Advocates know if you need to call them that you are in a bind. You're injured, you're stressed, you're worried about taking care of your family, the advocates understand and they want to help you. Talking to an advocate about your case won't cost you a dime. And as soon as the advocates start working on your case, you can start healing. Chat online 24-7 anytime at MontanaAdvocates.com. So here's, here's my broad takeaway from Saturday. If a football team turns the ball over five times, which I'm counting five turnovers for the Grizzlies because they did, they had failed five, Uh, They had turnovers on downs on two possessions, as well as three additional turnovers. If a a football team turns the ball over five times, including twice in the red zone, and uh, they're on the road, they're going to lose 90% of the time. And Montana did exactly that, and they did not lose. I also think that Montana had an opportunity to absolutely slam the door shut. If Marcus Knight gets into the end zone on his 48-yard run, it's 35-6. to It's all over but the crying.
1: Or... If Lucas Johnson doesn't fumble exactly. the very next play. Exactly, Lucas Johnson play.
0: fumbles on the very next play. Bobby Howe, correct me if I'm wrong, was this a, uh, if you fumble in the red zone, you got to sit out a series? Is that why they turned and went to, with Chris
1: Brown? 100%. You put the ball on the deck, but it was more of stretching for the potline. Now, Coach Howe, despises putting the ball in the deck yep. but he despises even more stretching for the pile and that is something they do not teach do not condone and when that happened that was it nobody is uh, um, against the fact and no one is prone to not being pulled after a fumble so that's exactly why you saw Chris Brown at the end and I don't know, message sent to Lucas Johnson going into a bye week. All of that being said, it obviously wasn't Lucas Johnson's best game, but to pin it completely on him is a bit unfair. And totally. I, and I think your assessment's fair, and I think that, you know, when I'm the one that says, hey, it could have been 35-6, to six, they would have slammed the door, it comes off as okay. He's trying to spin the narrative. That, that sure. really was the case. Did the Grizzlies play great? No, they didn't. Do no, we have not high not. expectations? Absolutely, we do. We well, expect them to pound teams they're supposed to. Sure. Well, they didn't play their best, and as you mentioned, if they get in the end zone there, it's 35-6. Andrew can attest to this with me. Idaho State was done. They were not trying to continue to score and play the two-minute hurry-up. It didn't feel like that to me, whereas 35-6, that probably would have been the final score. It would be a much different conversation. All that being said, the Grizz didn't play great. They, they kind of had complacency offensively. They took the foot off the gas, and that's what happens. You're going to get each team's best shot. Holt Arena Idaho State playing their Super Bowl all of those factors went into it Gris didn't played their best found a way to win a lot of mistakes that we're just not used to seeing the
0: to, to play your best game you got to have a hierarchy of your best performances you have to also have your worst performances that was the worst performance of Montana this season I think what happened on Saturday is one of the best things that could ever happen to the Grizzlies because you go on the road and beat what by record was the worst team in the conference, in, in by my opinion, the worst venue in the Big Sky Conference. And you do it without one of your best offensive weapons, Junior Bergen. You do it without a guy who I think is the most underrated player on their defense, and that's Corbin Walker. You do it without Trejan Cotton, who gets thrown out about two minutes into the game. He's supposed to be one of your other top-line uh, defensive backs, they were down one more. Braxton Hill. Oh, Braxton Hill, who's one of your best linebackers. And then within the game, Liam Brown gets knocked out, too. He's your starting offensive guard. Did he come back? He did not come back in. So, that... uh, so one note, this is just a total side note, no need for analysis, but uh, a fun note for us because we covered this kid in high school, but Journey Grimsrud, who I thought had a ton of upside because he was a three-sport athlete at Huntley Project, great in the weight room but had no specialization whatsoever, he came into Montana, he was swimming – And I played on the defensive line. Well, they switched him to offensive line basically out of necessity, and he picked it up really fast, and he's probably their third guard now, and he's
1: doing great. The fact that he's already in there goes to show you that, and he was pushing, believe it or not, Liam Brown to be the starter in fall camp. I'm not surprised, man. The kid was a state champion in the discus and
0: the shot put. He has great feet. As soon as he put on the weight, I, I mean, he was already strong. So I knew he, once he put on the mass, he would be able to compete. And he's, he's really tough, too. He's a guy that joined us on this show when he first got recruited. We haven't got up with him <laughs> since then. But a uh, uh, cool story. But regardless, the Grizz were shorthanded, all that stuff. But I also think this is a great uh, – I think this is good for the Grizz going into their buy because Lucas Johnson is Mr. Cool. He's so smooth. He has been – basically flawless uh, the first four games of the year in terms of his operation and it and I thought what I saw defensively particularly from South Dakota Indiana State and uh, in the in the Grizz uh, conference opener against Portland State I thought all three teams basically showed defensive fronts where they said we're gonna make the Grizz we're gonna make the quarterback beat us we're not gonna let them run the ball down our throats we're gonna make the quarterback beat us Well, then Lucas Johnson put four games in a row on tape saying, okay, I can beat you. I can make 15 consecutive completions. Idaho State did the opposite. They said, okay, you don't have Junior Bergen. We're going to man you up on the outside. We're going to really have a high pressure. They're actually mixing and matching, and man. But either way, they weren't going to let Lucas Johnson beat them. It was going to be the other way around. The Grizz have their best rushing game, but I think this is a good thing for Johnson to reset because I think that – Some quarterbacks can take it and they can just go to the moon and they can just soar for an entire season. I think he needed a reset to maybe humble himself and humble the offense. And I think it's good for Montana, though, because they proved they can then turn to the big running back and Nick Osmo and hand him the ball and let the big fella eat.
1: Well, I think that was something, too, that all of us were curious. Can they rush the ball consistently and and will they commit to the run? You are very accurate in the way that Idaho State defended Montana. There were no big plays down the field because Idaho State simply didn't allow them to happen. Montana said, okay, we are going to run the rock. We're going to use this three-headed attack. Maybe the biggest offensive takeaway for me was seeing Marcus Knight be the old Marcus Knight again. He had a burst of speed. It seemed there was a lot more straight-ahead running for Marcus compared to side-to-side. Nick Osmo looks extremely fresh and I, I want to say fresh with a capital F because of the, the style they played through these first five games. No one had more than 11 carries entering, entering that Idaho State game. Well, Knight goes for 14 carries over 100 yards. Osmo 14 carries for over 80 yards. So yes, Montana's offense showed that element to me where they can average six yards a run and go. But let's go back to Lucas Johnson and the point of the well-rounded quarterback. Yes, okay, he can beat you with his arm. He can beat you with his legs. But, For the third element for him of being able to take off and run all the time, for him to understand and for him to know that maybe that doesn't need to happen for Montana to have success offensively and success through the running game can play dividends down the road. I I mean, we have found out, Coulter, that the RPO with this style of offense and the personnel they have is going to be a massive piece. And if you start making defenses guess or really commit to one aspect or, or the other, Montana's going to make you pay with the opposite. And I think we have seen that. A lot of people might want to focus on wasn't much of a pass game. Lucas Johnson didn't look that great. Okay, well, pick your poison. The run game tore you up. And again, if you want to stop the run like the previous three teams did, then Lucas Johnson can go through the air and do it. So, yes, it's a perfect time for this bye week. There were some bumps and bruises even from that game. I, I give the Bengals a lot of credit. That was a physical style of game up front yep. to where this game, the bye week, couldn't have come at a more perfect time for Montana before they reset, like you said, for what is the gauntlet of their final six games.
0: Orleans, now ESPN Radio, Coulter Duanas Riley Corcoran coming to you here on your Monday. It's the Montana Football Hour. It's proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications. Appreciate Blackfoot for all of their continued support of everything we have going on around here as well as with Riley as well. They're the uh, digital sponsor of Grizz Athletics as well as the presenting sponsor of the Inside the Den podcast. I know you're about to drop one right now, or I guess you already did. What's going on this week?
1: Inside the Den, we're catching up with everything Grizzly Athletics, Grizzly Football, recap against Idaho State, highlights, talk to Coach Haug. But let's call it what it is. Maybe the biggest result of the weekend was Grizzly Volleyball, going into Bozeman, beating a record crowd. What an atmosphere. Unbelievable. I was
0: teasing Nick Allison, the sports information director <laughs> at uh, at Montana, because um, I I I want I'm, I requested Allison Lawrence to come on the show this week, the head coach of the Grizzly Volleyball team. And I was on my way to Bozeman on Saturday, but the game it wasn't uh, kickoff until eight was what it ultimately became. But I was teasing Nick. I said, we couldn't go over the day early cause it costs $10,000 a day to live in Bozeman this <laughs> day and age. He can't even afford breakfast, lunch, and dinner without having a full-time job. But regardless jokes aside, I love Bozeman I had a great weekend, but, uh, what an atmosphere at the Brick. I mean, the
1: largest volleyball crowd in the history
0: of the Big Sky Conference.
1: They moved it into Worthington Arena, which was so cool. 6,500 or just south of that was the official number. And the atmosphere was really cool for both sides to play in. And I think Montana totally embraced that us-against-the- world mindset. Uh, so they ended up winning in four. Grizzly Volleyball, for those that haven't been paying attention, five straight wins. That's the longest winning streak in 16 years. Just the third time in the last 28 years they've started 3-0. and They're in first place in the Big Sky. They've done and all on the road. They have seven of their next nine coming up at home. All of that being said, Inside the Den podcast, we talk with Coach Lawrence. Nice interview about her team so far, what they did this weekend. Chris Chitavitsky from Grizzly Soccer, an update. They only have four matches remaining. I know Andrew's dialed into that. It goes so fast. And then Chris King, an early look at the Idaho Vandals. I know we probably won't get to it today, Coulter. That's a big-time matchup coming up in two weeks in Missoula. Idaho, to me, I think they're the surprise team, could get into the playoffs. Uh, But an early look at the Vandals is both Idaho and Montana will have a bye week this week before they meet in Washington Grizzly. Stadium on October 15th.
0: Okay, let's talk about the Bobcats and then we'll come back to three big things about the Grizz. Maybe ask you one more question about the volleyball team here at Montana as well uh, here in segment two. But the Bobcats, I thought, uh, had exactly what they needed on Saturday night. It, It was a back and forth, up tempo, really fast, hard hitting game right out the gates. And I thought, despite the fact that Montana State didn't ever go up by more than about 10 points. And even midway through the third quarter, it was 24-21. The Cats had the lead. I thought they never let UC Davis have any of the momentum. Davis got on the board first. Sean Chambers answers with a 78-yard touchdown. And then Montana State was able to push the lead a little bit. But even when UC Davis was chipping away, and even when Alonzo Gilliam uh, hit the big tight end, the Castles kid over the middle with the halfback pass to cut it to 24-21, Montana State never let the momentum slip away. And I thought it was a complete effort. I thought it was their best effort so far this season. And I think that, as I wrote in my game story, so often coaches can say stuff and proclaim things and then it could come back and and backfire. And, you know, you got egg on your face. Or sometimes it's just... You know, pleasantries and talking points, or you're just rambling or whatever. But after the Oregon State game was the first time I can remember in my time covering the short time covering Brett Vegan, Montana State's second year head coach, where he was visibly very mad. He was visibly very frustrated, and he did not want to get into pleasantries or silver linings. He said, No, there's no moral victory. We just lost by 40. We thought we were going to be competitive in this game. We got straight blown out. We gave up 68 points. There's no moral victory. This is bad. We got to own it. We got to get better. The Cats have gotten a lot better in that amount of time, and they've done it without their Golden Boy quarterback telling them a lot. Instead, it was Chambers that owned the day. More than 225 yards rushing, more than 200 yards passing, the second Big Sky Conference quarterback to ever do that, 200 and 200 in a single game. He threw two touchdowns, rushed for three more, and Montana State wins going away, 41-24, a huge victory uh, for the Bobcats. MSU now 2-0 in Big Sky Conference play, and Davis, I think... Uh, The door's not completely slammed shut, but there's only a little light coming through the crack now for the Aggies.
1: Without a question. And that was an impressive win. I was actually able to watch all of it because it was on our way back from Pocatello to to get a better breakdown of what's going on over in Bozeman. And I was extremely impressed. And I think with the way that the Cats handled Davis on both sides of the line, right? We were in Spokane at Big Sky kickoff. And UC Davis is always a fascinating team to me because there's not as much information out there. We've talked about this a lot. But the strength of UC Davis, there's no question. It's Alonzo Gilliam, but what they have up front. And and I was thinking, okay, well, if there's a matchup that might give the Cats trouble, Chambers at quarterback, is this the formula for it? Desperate team UC Davis? Absolutely not. I would go back to – I watched that entire game as well. I never felt the Cats were uncomfortable. I felt that they had control of that from the home crowd, the atmosphere, and then from Chambers just doing his thing. I was really impressed. And, and Coulter, I think that the piece to me that is surprising is – the offensive explosion that they have had the last two weeks. Just put the the opponent aside, the fact that they're putting up 38 points and then up in the 40s when you would think this is the makeup of a squad that wants to win the lower scoring, the the slugfest games. The fact they're doing this, it might hide some defensive deficiencies, but also at the same time, I'm very impressed with this attack that's being put together to where the problem that people might be thinking of a quarterback issue they could turn this into a complete positive and their offense is looking to me more and more like a nightmare for the rest of the big sky. And here's the thing, and this, I feel so vindicated. (laughs) The, The
0: obsession with prototype offensive linemen, I think has been one of the most overblown things in college football, especially at the FCS level. Everybody's trying to build their offensive line to look exactly like North Dakota State. You're just not gonna. North Dakota State is light years ahead of everybody in being able to recruit and develop guys that are six
1: foot five, three hundred pounds. And that takes a long time to it commit takes to. So that. long, and they have. I mean, North
0: Dakota State has this unbelievable continuity in having the same strength coach for almost twenty years, and Jim Kramer. But also having this long legacy of if you go to North Dakota State, you're their best offensive lineman. You're top seventy five draft pick. You're top fifty draft pick sometimes. You're a first round draft pick if you're really really good. So. It's not an attainable copycat. You can't copy it. So I've always thought at this level, you should prioritize mentality and athleticism over pure size. Well, what do Bobcats got? They, they have prototype size at their two tackle spots, but their interior line, those guys aren't big compared to normal, you know, prototype size. I mean, JT Reed, six, two and a half, 285 pounds. He's a huge man, but that's not. Uh, what what the prototype would indicate? Justice Perkins, he's six feet tall, two hundred sixty pounds. I mean, he's not them.
1: Some would say undersized. That's not quite undersized in my book, but some would say that.
0: that's what I'm saying. And so, uh, what the cats have done though is they put a pri- high priority on athleticism, mentality, and physical fitness, which is not something you necessarily attribute to offensive linemen. And that's why I think, and we're going to get into this in a little while, but that's why I think when they have Sean Chambers in there, they can operate at this unbelievably high tempo. And it keeps teams off balance. And so then, so so much of the analysis of both Tommy Millat and Sean Chambers is that they can't read defenses. They can't dissect coverages. When you're going a million miles per hour, and the the quarterback can just boom right off the hole and hit you in the face, and then go up and take the snap and just throw a back shoulder fade real quick. I mean, the Cats had three different touchdown drives of 90 seconds or less. If they operate at that pace, they're going to blow you off the field. And I, I I know that they still have some much tougher opponents that will be able to hang with that tempo coming up. But thus far, that offensive adjustment and how it sort of goes in the face of what you thought their identity was going to be
1: coming into this year, very impressive. And it also helps explain a little bit, not to make excuses, but it also helps explain maybe why the defense is on the field a lot longer and why you're maybe seeing a lot of yards in big chunks that they're allowing. But at the same time, the offensive identity is completely different from what I thought, and I think they can only continue to run with it. There are only two teams that I see in their path that might be able to or want to give a little resistance to that would be weber state in montana i think those are obviously the the two games that cat fans have circled and when you look at the tests they've already gotten through with eastern washington and uc davis one would think those would be two of their tougher games they've already gotten past that they have a nice stretch here with northern colorado and idaho state coming up and i don't know if you want to tackle this right now colter if you want to go down the road with it but What's going to happen with Tommy Malott's back? Because that's that's a burning question that is going to be at the top of the mind for everybody. But at the same time, man, that's a two-headed attack that they could use use to their advantage for sure. Montana Football Hour presented in part by
0: the Advocates. When you've been in an accident, you feel like you've lost control. With no upfront talk to the Advocates, there's no risk in making your first step and taking control of your life again. The Advocates help people who've been injured by another person's negligence every single day. Personal injury is all they do. The advocates have helped others win, and they'll help you win too. Visit online, MontanaAdvocates.com. Three big things for the Grizz, three big things for the Cats, including addressing the elephant in the room, the quarterback dilemma at Montana State. We'll do that next. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschulteilaw.com. Oh! It's new one is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I got so excited when I saw my friend Riley that uh, just blew through the first whole half of the first segment. What's up everybody? New is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. I got a workout in here on a Monday for the first time ever. We didn't have a press wow. call. Co- no press conference at two. Brent Vegan got done at 11.30, so I was like, oh, man, I'm going to go sneak into the hot yoga, so I'm feeling all sorts of righteous That
1: is called adulting right there. You you have 30 minutes or an extra hour in your day. What do you do? You squeeze in a workout. Way to go. Way to go. That's
0: right. The hot yoga got me feeling great. Thanks to the folks down there at the uh, the hot house. Uh, What I skipped over during the Montana football hour here is your Big Sky Scoreboard. We'll come back to this here in about 15 minutes, but uh, Montana 28, Idaho State 20, Montana State 41, UC Davis 24. Coral State gets on the board, their first victory and their first Big Sky victory, 35-27 over Northern Arizona. And so now NAU is in that same sort of status as UC Davis, teams that we thought maybe could be contenders. They just got a little sliver of light peeking through the door now. They're going to have to basically win out if they want to be in the mix, both of them sitting there at 1-4. and four. Sac State moves to 4-0, including uh, their first Big Sky Conference win over Cal Poly, 49-21. Glad to see here uh, Monday at 4 o'clock they finally got a box score up. I wasn't able to find any of that. Uh, that's what happens when games are in San Luis Obispo. I digress. Uh, Idaho rolls up, Northern Colorado 55-35. Huge second half for the Vandals. And uh, a team that's looking pretty good, three wins in a row, they are also on a bye this week as they make their way to Missoula next week. So battle for the Little Brown stein uh,
1: is going to be a fun one. Longest win streak in five years for the Vandals.
0: Wow. Three games.
1: Unbelievable. Yep. Amazing what
0: new... Uh, leadership can do. And then the la- final Big scare score of the week, uh, Eastern Washington has the unenviable task of going into the heart of the hurricane, literally and figuratively, and playing in Gainesville at the Swamp. They lose to Florida 52-17. to
1: One note on that, though. Not only did they lose to Florida, they moved that game to Sunday. Eastern had a nightmare getting back. They didn't get back to Spokane until early this morning. And, oh, by the way, they have to go on the road at Weber State, who had a bye week last week. Talk about a total situational disadvantage. That's what's happening when Eastern plays at Weaver this week.
0: Some high school scores for you quickly. Helena Capital remained undefeated with a 41-0 win over Butte. Helena High, they proved it once again. Five in a row for the Bengals after their 24-21 win over Kalispell Glacier. What a gauntlet Glacier has had to run. They had to play Sentinel, Capital, and Helena High three weeks in a row. So the Wolfpack has lost three in a row, but I still think they're one of the five best teams in the state. But Helena High, a real-deal contender at 5-1 and one right now after their fifth straight win. Billings West, they are now on a four-game winning streak after their 44-7 win over Billings Skyview. Bozeman Gallatin, one of the surprise teams of the year so far. They have as many wins as... This year, as they did all of last season already after their 20-17 win over Great Falls CMR. Great Falls High drilled Belgrade 49-7. Missoula Big Sky gets the Crosstown victory at Washington Grizzly Stadium over Missoula Hellgate 20-19. So that's three one-point games for the Hellgate Knights. They are now 2-1 and one in those games. Sentinel, after having their uh, 25-game winning streak snapped, they get right in a big way, 70-7 over Calspell Flathead, and Bozeman has a pivotal 38-3 win over Billing Senior. The Hawks are now uh 4-2. In an all-time classic between two of the last undefeated teams in class A, Polson Outlast Columbia falls 32-31. What a great game that was. Whitefish keeps on rolling 43-13 over Ronan. Billing Central Riley's all water stays undefeated against their rival. Laurel, 38-3. to Clay Oveny, uh, Montana Grizz, commit. He had a 64-yard touchdown run in that game for the Rams. Uh, Dylan, they rolled Butte Central, uh, 47-14. Haver beats Glendive, 26-12. So we'll have more uh, high school stuff for you tomorrow, but there's some of your uh, most pertinent scores uh, of the weekend. Let's continue here with the Montana Football Hour. It's presented in part by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank. Montana's brand of banking. Uh, Three big things about the Grizz, three big things about the Cats. My first big thing about the Grizz, what we saw on Saturday is the new reality for Montana. Montana, as a program, became very accustomed to having the target on their backs from uh, probably about that first national championship in 1995 all the way through when Bobby Houck left in 2009. Those Early teams of the 2010s, they also had that huge target on their backs, and then people started beating them, and people were really relishing the opportunity to beat the Grizzlies. That culminated in their only losing season since 1985 in 2012. But the Grizz have been good and competitive, 2013 through uh, I would say 2019. But being that top dog, the one with the target on their back, you know, the the big bad wolf, the the Darth Vader that Bobby Houck wants to, you know. Uh, symbolize himself as it takes a different mentality and what I mean by it's not just the symbolism of taking everybody's best shot it's also that if you're playing a team that's overmatched that knows they're overmatched rather than doing what they do well they're going to take from what their entire body of work of what everybody else has done well against you and employ that that's what Idaho State did I thought on both sides of the ball they attacked the middle of the field offensively they uh, tried to make the run game beat them instead of letting Lucas Johnson beat them. There's a lot of things in that game that wasn't necessarily what Idaho State's identity is. It was, here's what we're going to do to try to throw everything in a bag of chips at Montana. That's a new reality for the Grizz. They're going to have to figure out a way to adjust to it, but if you're adjusting with a ton to work on coming off of a road win,
1: it's a good place to be. Well, and it's a cliche for us to go into is Well, they emptied the kitchen sink at him, right? And they're going to take each team's best shot, but when you actually think about it It is so hard to prepare for when you're on the other side of that, where not only culture or teams doing things outside of their identity, what gives coaches the most uneasy feeling of it all? The unknown, the fear of the unknown. And I feel that each week... Whether you're Montana or whether you're North Dakota State, you are getting teams' best shots to where they're going to do things that are as unpredictable as possible, and we're starting to see that, and I think the trick plays from both teams the last couple of weeks, and in conference games too, Idaho State, Portland State, we know from this angle how big of a win it would be for... Those teams to knock off Montana, monumental program win, right? If Charlie Ragel went one and ten this year at Idaho State, but their one win was against a number two Montana team people would say, hey, they at least figured it out. That Moving forward, maybe this guy knows what he's doing type thing. So um, you're going to get that kind of reaction, I think, from the opposing teams at this point. And uh, you're right. It's a new reality. But, again, one, that Coach Alk and the Grizz, they welcome it. They want it, which to me creates just a a fascinating angle of it as well, where teams might want to shy away from that. Montana wants it, yet they're ready to deal with everything from the big sky. Three big things for the
0: Cats. Number one... I think that the offense, and I already said this, but I'll reemphasize it again. I think the offense looks more cohesive, and they play with better tempo, which I think accentuates their strengths, first and foremost, up front, but also with the running backs they have available, which is basically one with Elijah Elliott. I was going to say, is is that singular or plural? (laughs) And also some of the guys they have on the outside as well, like Willie Patterson, Cleavon Thomas. Uh, I think that when the Cats play fast, the Cats have an opportunity to score a bunch of points, and I think Sean Chambers gives them a better opportunity to play super fast. We'll see what's going to happen down the road here if and when Tommy Millat returns to the lineup. But Sean Chambers, not only did he look like an unbelievably dynamic athlete who could also throw the ball, I also thought that he looked like a charismatic leader. He looked like he had command of the offense and of the team.
1: You were at the game where we saw the two quarterback system, right? And I I am fascinated by all the different avenues that the Cats can go down offensively with having two running quarterbacks like they do. So let's fast forward to when Tommy Mallott is healthy and ready to go again I'd maybe piggyback off that and say, is Chambers their best running back? Do you change anything with Chambers if he's running the offense at a really high tempo at quarterback? To Why would you mess any of that up as well? It's a good problem to have, but I might put you on the spot a little bit right now, Coulter, but what do you foresee? What maybe is it at this current moment on October 3rd, the best option moving forward for Montana State? Do you put Tommy at quarterback and have Chambers as your primary running back how do you do it? a lot of different angles?
0: I think they're going to play multiple guys at quarterback. I think Montana State's plan coming into the year was to play three guys at quarterback, and then Jordan Reed got hurt. I think that uh, they were already playing two guys at quarterback. Who is the quote-unquote primary quarterback? I'm not sure. I think you're going to see a ton of packages with both guys on the field. And it won't
1: matter who it, the primary
0: quarterback uh, That's is. exactly right. And I also think that those guys, Sean Chambers and I tell him a lot, have the makeup and also the relationship to make it work. And... It's funny because the old cliche is if you got two quarterbacks, you got no quarterbacks. Well, who's the two-time defending Big Sky Conference champions? Sacramento State. Yes. Last year, they won that second straight title with an 8-0 run to the league record, and you could say a schedule or whatever. They came to watch the Grizzlies Stadium and won. That's what got them that title, and they've done it with a two-quarterback system. Well,
1: and I'll go off script on this, too. I think that with you saying that, we probably got to go to big thing number two for the Cats next because that, I totally agree with you. When you look at an Asher O'Hara at Sacramento State and his ability to have that dual threat in there with what Montana State has right now, those are the biggest nightmares for opposing defenses. Let's throw the Grizzlies into that as well. Offensively, last year, they were pretty predictable, not as dynamic. Well, you add the running element of a Lucas Johnson, they become a lot harder to defend and I think you are very spot on with this level, what a running quarterback can really do for your offense and what you want to do long-term.
0: That's exactly right. My second big thing for the Cats is that a running quarterback at the FCS level of football, I think, is as big of an advantage as you can have, because there's been some great running quarterbacks at the FBS level. There's been some great running quarterbacks in the uh, NFL. What's the difference though? You can be so fast as a quarterback and at the FBS level, especially in the power five and in the NFL, you're not faster than the linebackers. You're not faster than even probably the defensive linemen. At this level, you can be way faster and that's what the cats have, especially in Sean Chambers. He has unbelievable speed for a man of his size. I was, I was shocked at, on his two long runs. The second one, he actually just sort of jogged his way in. They used his blockers and and was very patient. But the the first one, the 78-yarder, he outran some people. And uh, that was striking. I think that that gives you such a huge advantage at this level of
1: football. Oh, it does. And you can expose mismatches in a big-time way. And uh, we'll see how they mix and match this thing. I think that that is very key when talking about... Also, the Big Sky Conference and the makeup of it, right? We've said it's went more to a running league and the identity. I think a lot of that has to do with the quarterback run as well rather than his quarterback's worried about going for 500 yards through the air. My
0: second big thing for the Grizz, this is Nuana's Now, the Montana Football Hour here on ESPN Radio. I think the Grizz proved on Saturday that they could find different ways to beat a team. They didn't have a huge momentum-swinging play or plays. They didn't score on defense. They didn't score on special teams. Uh, they uh their quarterback played poorly uh, it, for the first time all season long they did it in a short-handed uh w- they did it short with a short-handed lineup in a place where and Robbie Houck brought this to my attention last Wednesday nobody on this Grizz team had ever been to Holt Arena that's pretty striking too that's a referendum on the big sky conference scheduling more than anything but now you add to your notebook a different way to win even if it was ugly not good you know a lot to be uh, a lot to work on You still won. Uh, Finding multiple ways to win, finding a diverse way to victory, important for teams if they really want to have national championship hope.
1: It is. You have to find a way to win ugly and move on, learn from it. But at the same time, I've been getting this question a lot, and I think you have too through the first five weeks of this season, is trying to overanalyze a win by style points and looking at, at margin of victory Guys, that stuff does not matter as much. All of these things sure. are going to sort themselves out. For us to try and sit here and say, "Well, oh, they only beat Idaho State by eight. Maybe that maybe that's leaking oil. Sure, They're going to play Idaho, Sac State, Weber State. Yeah. All of those questions that we have will be answered later on to try and overanalyze little aspects of it. I, I think it's pretty meaningless at this point of the year. Two,
0: two points on that exact point, too, is one, I think that this is not uncommon of fan bases that have had... Ex- Extremely incredible success Like like the Grizz have had over the last 30 years But oftentimes, Those observers View Performances based On one side and one side alone You you think that The Grizz did this because of the Grizz The Grizz are either good or bad Because of the Grizz The Grizz are playing themselves The other side of the coin is pretty darn good And that brings me to my third big thing about the Grizz Is Corbin Walker is dang good and guess what Idaho State did? They attacked their old buddy, Jaden Dawson. Two-time All-Big Sky who player. I think a good player, but he I thought he, he was exposed a little bit on Saturday. Uh, Gilroy, the receiver for Idaho State, is really, really good. I mean, he he would start for most, if not every team in the conference. He's very good. Do you think he'll be in Pocatello very long? Oh, man, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, but they attacked Jaden Dawson a lot. I mean, Justin Ford gave up more completions than he was used to. Why is that? Because Corbin Walker, I think, is one of the best pure cover guys uh, in the conference and so I thought they were missing him and uh, I, you know sometimes I think that that we overanalyze from an internal level both the Cats and the Grizz thinking about them versus themselves, them versus their expectations rather than them versus uh, another team. The other thing I would mention is that North Dakota State. What they win by this week? Thirteen at home against the 13th. Uh, and team when, you, when, when you don't, when you're not on the inside and you're not obsessing over it all the time, you think, "Wow, well, North Dakota State took somebody's best shot, and uh, they got another win. On to the next one." It's kind of how it is with uh, this Montana week.
1: Well, and especially in conference play, I don't think folks that, that maybe don't cover the conference as much as we do or understand the ins and the outs of what each game means. When you get in conference play, it's a different mode to where, again, going back to the further point of what this game means to a certain team and program, you get that even more so, I, I think, in the Big Sky Conference.
0: And my third big thing for the Bobcats is these last two weeks were huge for their playoff hopes. I don't know if Eastern Washington... Is going to be a playoff team or not? I don't think UC Davis is going to be a playoff team, but you got past two of probably your four hardest games on your schedule. Now you're sitting there at 4-1 and with Idaho State coming to town, and you're 2-0. In league play, so if you can get to that fifth win, now all of a sudden, then two and two down the stretch is going to get you there. Uh, I, you know, I guess three and two down the stretch, but you you could even afford to drop a couple and still be inside tracked to the playoffs. And I know Montana State has no intention of that. They are they are thinking Big Sky Conference championship with the start they're off to and uh, sort of the revitalization they've had after that great run a year ago. But again, I don't know where Eastern or UC Davis is at, but. Those two wins are huge for Montana State's what playoff resume. I,
1: I think when we assessed their season or broke down their schedule, you kind of circled four games, right? Oregon State, that's just a tough one. Throw that away. Yep. Four 50-50 games, they've gotten through two of them, Eastern and Davis. Now, of course, Weber State, Montana, those are down the road. But you're right. We always thought the Cats were going to make the playoffs, but now the expectation goes to we are a conference title contender, and now the all-important buys in the first round, they are now in that conversation because they knocked off two of their 50-50 games. I couldn't agree more with you. They have now entered another layer of contender in my eyes too. And
0: the thing about the coaching style and what Brent Vegan wants the program to be about as well as what he learned about at NDSU and at Wyoming it's all about improvement throughout the year as well. So if they're rolling right now and they still have a ton of stuff to get better with, that's a good thing. I also think that's a very similar di- narrative for the Grizzlies going into their buy. I think having a down performance going into a buy now it gives you a whole bunch of stuff to work on. So instead of having to listen for two weeks about how you're five and zero oh and number three in the country, you can say, "Well,
1: guys, we did this, 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 and this poorly. I guess a team that's over." we got to get better. Absolutely, and you're going to find out you're taking every team's best shot. All that being said, I love it, Coulter, So we broke down both teams, like, hey, good and bad. They're number three and number four in the country right. this week, too. So expectations are high. Both teams are playing well.
0: is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. The Montana Football Hour is presented by Stockman Bank. When you bank with Stockman, you receive personalized customer service, and your phone call is always answered by a live person. Stockman Bank blends traditional Western values with modern conveniences and state of the art technology. They provide time tested products and services from people who truly care about you and your financial success. What went down around the rest of the league and the rest of the FCS? We'll do that next. Keep it right here. Nawana's Now, ESPN Radio. Point nine ESPN Radio, Missoula. On us now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, rolling with us here on your Monday. It's the Montana Football Hour. Thanks to Stockman Bank, Blackfoot Communications, and the Advocates for their presenting sponsorship of the Montana Football Hour. Uh, Riley, just a couple minutes left here, but uh, what do we think about the national landscape? The poll came out today. Montana number three, Montana State number four, Sac State number five. Where was Weber at in this week's poll? Number
1: seven. Number seven. So they they move up one. So you got four
0: in the top seven.
1: Four in the top seven. And to me, I think it's a pretty consensus top seven. However you're going to order it up is for each individual voter. But to me, there's four Big Sky teams legitimately in the top seven in the country. They're all going to hopefully shake it out between each other. I wish they all played each other. That's a soapbox for a different time. But then you've got North Dakota State, South Dakota State, and you got Delaware sitting in there. Delaware is one of those 3-5-0 teams. They're impressive to me. Watch out for Holy Cross. They're a team that probably is going to go 11-0. So where do you seed them in the Patriot League? So it's interesting to me. The Southern Conference has three teams at 11, 12, and 13. No one wants to hear about that now. But between Chattanooga, Sanford, and Mercer, it's all going to be fun because now we can start looking at the schedule See who the contenders are. See who the pretenders are. Start looking at some of these matchups. For me, of anybody in the top seven, there's not a big matchup this week. It's the following week. North Dakota State will play South Dakota State. The week after that, you've got Montana at Sacramento State. So we'll start doing a national spotlight culture, maybe games of the week. But my poll, it didn't change. The top seven teams are all the same between North Dakota State, Montana, South Dakota State, Sac State, Montana State, Delaware, and Weber State.
0: I don't think it's a coincidence that coming out of the crazy disruption that we had that basically was like a two-year reset. I don't think it's a coincidence that at the FCS level, the places where football matters the most are all of the teams that are in the top 10. And that's a good thing. It is a good thing. I just hope that Sacramento State realizes the opportunity that they have right here because they are the one outlier, but they're making it not an outlier by having a third straight good season. You can't doubt the Sac State team anymore. At this point, they have to be in the conversation. I just hope... That the administration, the athletic department, and everybody that is involved with outside of the walls understand what they got
1: there. I agree with you. And, and to their credit, I will say that they have at least started making those steps, right? What's the first thing they did? They invested in Troy Taylor. They gave him a contract that the Big Sky Conference really has never seen before, investing in the long-term future. That's number one. I'm about to go see it in a couple weeks, but stadium improvements to Hornet Stadium. My biggest thing, can they get the community behind them? Can they get more maybe external support around Sac State football because they are doing the right things, and you're right, of those teams, because you got to put Delaware, for those that don't know, Delaware, the Dakotas, those programs invest in football. Delaware expects right. to win the CAA. You're right. I think Sacramento State started. Can they complete the circle in the cycle?
0: He's Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. You can find all of his great broadcasting work on the Grizzly Radio Network, on the Inside the Den podcast. Also, swing by Finn tomorrow night, 630 to 730 for the Coaches Show. I will be making my way down there for my weekly appearance and a nice little dinner date with my mother. Can't wait.
1: Loved the promo, and thank you for the plug. No show this week. Oh, bye week. Bye week. So, Next but, Wednesday. Yes, I guess bye. Yes.
0: You're uninvited. Actually, <laughs> ne- she's on a trip anyway, so I can't. I w- I would be going by myself. Or just
1: what, Wednesdays at 630, yes. Come join us at Finn, and, and Coulter has a nice date in town. Your mom she's <laughs> the sweetest lady in town. There's no question. That's
0: exactly right. She loves herself some college football, that's for sure. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. The fieriest man in media, Coach Marty Mornenweg. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Next, keep it right here. No is now ESPN Radio.